You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast, presented by Blackgate Hunting Products. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Trophy. Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your lone, lonely host, Chris Leppert. My buddy Rick cannot join us because he has, I can't say it. He has, he got sick. I won't say what I normally say about people that are sick, but he is sick and can't be with us tonight. So we are joined yet again by veteran Basically, the guy who owns the podcast now, Josh Luck. How you doing, dude? Good. You are being co-hosted by Josh Luck. Yeah, something because like that. Because Rick Sicklington is out. Rick Sicklington. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, been quite a season, man. Yeah, yeah. I figured we kind of talk about, I mean, by the time this comes out, Ohio season, deer season will be over. So, I figured we'll close the season out it's been a heck of a season for everyone i would say yeah um man i'll be honest i'm happy that i filled a tag but that's for me that's just not even the coolest part i like i don't know what it is but i love encounters with good up-and-comers and mature bucks and stuff and that for me that almost says more about somebody's season than the success. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's important. But to me, like there's a lot of instances where little stupid stuff can go wrong with a bow or, you know, you hit a twig or something spooks a deer, but there's nothing cooler than when you beat a mature buck at his game. And And literally, uh, I, I believe everybody on our team, uh, I won't say hunts the same way, but I know nobody does like the whole scent bull crap or anything like that, like the scent killer and, you know, all, all that stuff. So when you talk about a bunch of guys giving the wind to deer and having encounters, uh, our Kentucky opening day was, I mean literally moments away from being so insanely epic and and that boiled down to to working our butts off yeah I, let's see rick had an encounter you had an encounter pierce had an encounter and that Am was I met him? well i had an encounter the next day yeah that was opening day then you had an yeah. encounter the next day and these are all you know don't get me wrong. Uh, one deer was around 150, 155 as an eight pointer. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a giant deer. Um, that was Pierce on opening evening. And, uh, I had a deer that would probably push, I don't know, probably high twenties. He might hit 130 maybe, but I'd say high twenties as an eight, but I mean, I'm out of state opening day of archery and he was on camera he was getting it but mm-hmm. didn't work out 
Um, and then Rick had 130s 10, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, how close did that deer get? To Rick? Yeah. Uh, let's see where he because I sat there the next day and I saw the trail came up. That deer, it was within 15 yards, I believe. God. Maybe 20 at the most, the trail came up. But I, I wow. it was close. That's insane. And then how close was that? That was the same deer you had an encounter with the next day, right? Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, Ten yards oh. came came from the uh, opposite direction of which I thought it might. The opposite he, direction of which Rick saw it. He was behind you, right? Yeah, he was coming around the ridge. I'm pretty sure another guy spooked him towards me because okay. it was th- what three, yeah, or three thirty in the afternoon or something. I mean, he was he was betting on that that ridge we were on, but that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so close. So then, but, yeah, we progress into the season. We really, nobody really had any luck after that weekend um, yeah. in Kentucky. I, I did shoot a buck the, what would it have been, Monday morning, Labor Day morning? Uh, I believe that, so, yeah. Is that right? I think yeah. That. yeah, that's right. Um, because we slept in Sunday, it rained that day. So Monday morning I shot a buck, um, had some screw ups. Uh my bow gave me issues again. So I retired the bow, got rid of it. Uh buddy Jeff Dennis loans me this bow, ended up buying it off of him. I loved it so much. Um, turns out my other bow was just screwed up, but not going to take anything from Jeff. He's still got me tuned up and everything really nicely. Um, so I had just set up my first, second, and third axis adjustments on my old bow. And I had forgot that I needed to do that again on the new bow when I moved the site over. And uh, I had a, a buck come in full velvet, nothing huge, probably 110 inches you know, none crazy, but again, out of state, it's opening weekend or whatever. And I got pumped. I had never had the opportunity ever to shoot a deer in velvet. And after everything that had happened, I was like, I'm going to get some points on the board. You know, we're going to get, you know, my first buck on camera. It's going to be full velvet. I don't, I don't care if it's, you know, not huge. Um, you know, cause we all talk about like building and building your confidence and your setup and, and everything and just learning and really the best way to do that is to kill. So the deer comes in to 25 yards. Um, I drew on him. I want to say it was a minute and 47 seconds that I was drawn. I came out of my peep and off the string multiple times trying to clear my vision. And that combined with my, axes all being jumble flumped um the arrow (laughs) sailed way right hit that ridge in the shoulder leg bone area and uh the arrow stopped and for those that follow me a little bit or whatever on the page see my posts um i had upped the weight of my arrow um i went to five yeah yeah i was shooting over 500 grains it was 517 grains 
Um, I had 205 grains up front. So I was, I was shooting a pretty stout arrow. Um, and at 25 yards and we're talking, I mean, this is probably a two year old buck, you know, this is not a giant. Um, and I joked around with some of the guys and told them it was a spike. It re- you know, and I, I don't know if they like, believe me or whatever. It wasn't a spike. <laughs> I ain't shooting a damn 11 pointer. Right. So the Arkansas 11, as they call it. But, uh, that said, um, you know, I, I upped that weight to help with penetration. And when I watched that arrow stop dead in its tracks, that just deflated any thought that I had of that whole theory. And, uh, recently the last two days I've been talking to a few people and there is a guy that has been disproving scientifically factually disproving a lot of this Ashby stuff. And he was actually removed from some of these Ashby groups, heavy arrow groups for speaking out against some of their theories. And, and it wasn't in, um, you know, a derogatory or disrespectful way. He was just stating facts, you know, nothing crazy, good conversation from what I understand. And so um, it makes me feel good about my decision because I thought, well, if I can't get through the shoulder of a two-year-old, well, what happens when I hit a five, six, seven-year-old buck? Like, is it going to, is it going to do anything? So Mm -hmm. as you know, I dropped down, I went to 486 grains so not a lot of drop but the cool part is is i went to a lot thinner and lighter arrow so the majority of that weight not the majority but a lot of that weight is up front uh the percentage of the weight up front is a lot higher so the foc front of center weight percentage is a lot higher and that mixed with those heads i went to the uh Bloodsport grave diggers shouting it yeah. out so everybody doesn't have to ask us yeah it's a hybrid broadhead we have zero affiliation boy we would love to be affiliated because those things are ridiculous um, it look like um you ever seen uh from dust till dawn <laughs> <laughs> where uh you have not seen it. It's a quick, no. uh, Quentin Tarantino's in it. Is that with Selma Hayek? Selma, Selma Hayek's Selma in it. Um, <laughs> um, George Clooney. George Clooney yeah. is the main guy. Anyway, there's a there's a scene where all the vampires start to turn, and then one guy punches and rips the guy's heart out. Anyway, that that that's what the uh, that broadhead reminded me of. Looks like he just punched a hole through its heart. Dude, the doe that I shot, um, well, her and my buck both were alive for exactly 22 seconds after I shot them. One of them went, the doe, surprisingly, the doe made it like 60 yards and toppled over and she was expired quickly. And then the buck only made it 27 yards, died on camera. Cool stuff. You guys will see that this summer. Um, but with that said, 
uh, back to my setup. We're rabbit holing here with movies and everything, but um, <laughs> that setup, obviously, as I just said, has produced. Um, I've shot better than I ever have with a hunting setup. Um, I've only shot to 60 yards just because the more I realize it, uh, in Ohio, you're just not, you're really just not getting a long shot unless you're sitting on a cut cornfield or something, which I'm almost never doing. Yeah. And I mean, 60, I'm not shooting 60 yards in the woods. So no, very, Uh, very few places. My last three deer, the farthest shot, I guess would have been uh, my 2020 buck, which was whatever it was, like 25 yards. Yeah, that was my, it's been my farthest shot for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's so close. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's been a great season. Um, I had such amazing luck on public land uh, here in Ohio. Um, not only did I take a buck off public for the first time in Ohio, it was my first buck on camera, took it from a saddle, all that one stick setup. But the cooler part was I had an encounter the second day of the season with an absolutely gorgeous eight pointer. Um, I hope I get to watch that deer this summer. Uh, saw just a ridiculous amount of deer on public land way 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 more than i've seen on private in a long time you had a bunch of encounters on public yeah um had an encounter with a gorgeous mature buck he had i think he had uh he had four points no he had three points on one side like six or seven on the other just an insane looking gorgeous deer. Um, and he winded me. I was going to shoot him. He was standing in some water. I thought this is going to be the most epic footage I'll ever get. And I'm glad that the deer winded me because I later found out that it's illegal to shoot a deer standing in water, crossing a lake, river, stream, whatever. So I'm glad that I didn't get that shot because basically be like ace ventura shall we go to jail so (laughs) but um yeah it's it's been a phenomenal year uh went hunting what's today friday went hunting on i think it was wednesday tuesday wednesday something like that might have been tuesday either way it was 62 freaking degrees it was warmer than hell, windier than yeah, hell. Yeah. It was Tuesday. And I one stick up a tree. I think I had an hour and 15 minutes to hunt. And my cell cams are going off. And there's a little buck at, at the camera as I'm walking in. Spook him out. See another little buck. And then I hear something coming down the hill behind me. And I look, which is not downwind at all. And I look and that gorgeous three-year-old 10. What do you think he scores? Oh, I think he's probably low thirties. Yeah. I I would probably put him mid to high just because he's a 10. Um, Yeah. 
I'd probably at least put him mid mid thirties, but um, God, he's got just amazing huge. potential. The huge upside on that. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, so yeah, let, let's hear about your season. Oh, sorry. You jumped around from the beginning of the season to the very end of your season. Now I got to rethink <laughs> what so, happened. Yes. What happened? Who was the first, uh, kill a deer out of kind of our group or filming group? Was it, was it, uh, was it myself or Spencer? Oh, uh, Good God, we had like a three or four day run where it was like, boom, 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 when yeah. Grip, Grip had his incident. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I forgot about that. So anyway, like we were talking about opening week in, of Kentucky, we all had, or a lot of us had great encounters. I hunted Kentucky a decent amount um, all of September, purely public because we just moved to kentucky and that's all i had to hunt i was on well i had one nice year that that one uh 30s 10 that rick and i both saw and then two deer that were much larger uh another 10 that'd probably go what would you say chris mid 40s something uh, like that and yeah i mean that real wide big, one big big buck yeah that other the biggest one probably went 50s Oh, not probably. Was... <laughs> <laughs> not probably. That's a big damn deer. Yeah. So I I was chased after those all September. Um, never had an encounter. There was another guy that I met. Um, he had an encounter at 10 yards with that big one. Uh, never got a shot off. Other than that, I don't know if anyone saw those deer. I'm, I'm sure someone might have, but I haven't heard of anyone taking those deer. I still have cameras. I got a good pull. Um, please be alive. Yes, please be alive. I did have, well, I had part of an encounter with the 140s class 10 point. It was just, I really wanted to shoot that deer even more so than the one that would probably score more just because that deer's frame was huge, just tall and wide. I don't know. He was just a gorgeous looking buck. I had an encounter, well, part of an encounter with him in november this is after i shot my ohio buck um that was do you remember what morning that was chris that was like november 4th or 5th or something i don't remember which day it was somewhere around there but um i got i hunted this spot in the evening on this piece of public the um a private private uh crop field the uh, cornfield had just been cut and I was, I don't know, probably 100 yards off of it on the downwind side. Um, I hunted there one evening. I didn't see much, but I had a camera in this area. And then I had seen that buck and some other bucks roam in this area. So I was like, I'm just going to leave my stand here and I'll hunt it the next morning. Well, that next morning I got in early. And I'm, I'm actually glad I left the stand there because I got <laughs> up, set my camera up. And by the time I set the camera up, I could hear a deer off in the distance. And this is about 25 minutes before legal light. And I, I eventually make out a body and it's coming towards me and it's a pretty big body. And I'm like, man, that looks like a big deer. I couldn't make out a rack. Um, but it was about 20 yards to my right. And then 
cut across this little ditch and went on this trail in front of me where I had my camera. I could hear it let out a couple soft grunts. I'm like, man, I think that's a buck. I mean, but again, it was 20, 25 minutes before legal lights. It was pretty dark. So anyway, so that deer go, goes by. I ended up checking it a couple of days later. I didn't see anything that morning. And, cu- and come to find out after I checked the camera, it was that big 10 that I was after. Um, and that was that was the closest I got to him, to my knowledge, at least. I had, I had multiple other hunts there. I could have. They could have winded me on one of those hunts. I know I was in the general vicinity of where they were. Those those big deer are tough, They're especially tough. on that on that place for them to get big like that. They all oh, do. They gotta be real smart. They're so you need to literally think of the dumbest things that you could think of to do that no human being would do next year, because, and I I tell you what, the the new the new fueled stand option, the open field fueled stand option, <laughs> is going to be the ticket to Kentucky this year. I have a pretty good feeling, um, which you won't be able to hunt the Kentucky opener this year. That's kind of kind of depressing, but wait, why won't I again? Well, you'll be in Nebraska. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> caught dang right. I that's right. We will be in Nebraska. But anyway, so that was that was uh, pretty much my uh, time hunting in Kentucky. No shots, tons of uh, trail cam footage of these big deer. Hopefully we'll release those at some point. Uh, don't want to give away too much info because I don't want a ton of people there. Uh, but anyway, so Ohio season, as most of you know, all of our five listeners, um, you probably heard my breakdown of my Ohio buck. Uh, that was on my father's property, actually the same property I shot my 2020 buck on. Um, that's a property we tend to stay off of pretty much all year until about the rut. Um, so we try and keep it pretty low pressure. Um, and quite honestly, it's, it's a, it's a small piece, but it's, it's a, a natural, a natural funnel, just how the woods and everything lays out. And it's, nestled between two larger pieces of wood so um and then one larger piece it's got like a 20 acre like two-year-old clear cut on it that you can't hunt so there's a sanctuary over there um but anyway so i had one deer during the summer i don't name charlie because he had like this unicorn point um that i had my eye on i didn't see anything else um anything that was mature that i wanted to shoot um, but the last time I had seen Charlie was like August 3rd and then I kept cameras going on that, on that property. And then finally started getting other bucks cruising through, I think it was like October 26th. Yeah. October or maybe it was 25th, 25th to 26th had another, um, mature buck come through. It wasn't Charlie. It was actually a deer. I heard one of my neighbors talking about. I had a neighbor come up one day. He was like, hey, have you seen this big 10 point around? I was like, no. Well, sure enough, I'm pretty sure that was the deer he was talking about because this this thing was a tank. And I actually hunted a different property that day. He came by my camera. Remember that, Chris? And I <laughs> I texted you and I was like, I should have hunted here. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that same night, Charlie showed back up. 
So I knew he was in the area. He was on that camera on, on the evening of the 26th is what it was. Um, so I knew he was in the area. I went in, hunted on the 28th, the morning of the 28th, and then I killed him that morning. So you um, killed Charlie on the 28th. Yes. W- what day did you kill your buck the year before? I killed my 2020 buck on the 30th, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Because How I, about I went the year Texas. before that? Uh, the year before that was the first week in November. Okay. Uh, so it was like a week later than, I can't remember. It was maybe around the 7th. Okay. Yeah. But three years in a row on that property, I have gotten mature bucks in that same area that I killed those um well, actually, all three of my past Ohio books, I started getting pictures of mature bucks on October 25th, between like the 25th and 31st is when I started seeing mature deer in that area. That's been three years in a row. Your little parcel is one of the best situated parcels ever. And, and really, after your whole story this year, we see why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to have, at least on that side of the property, the neighbors, they kind of have an unwritten rule like, amongst themselves. There's like three of them over there that if it's under 150, they tend to not shoot it, um, which works like, out for me. I love those yeah. neighbors. <laughs> yes, those are good neighbors. Everyone on the other side, it's the exact opposite. So all the, those bucks, guys, all the bucks that barely don't go 150, they wander on to Josh and he shoots them. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's 147 can't shoot uh, him i'm taking his ass out hell yeah <laughs> um but on the south side of those guys is that clear cut that you can't like hunt um so that's like i said it's a natural funnel and then on those neighbors that that tend to not shoot any young deer and only shoot bigger deer um they, they'll funnel off those properties onto ours especially during the rut so it's it's nestled into a nice spot. Man, I was just thinking about all the heartbreak we had this year. Like, I don't mm. know if I could vote for a top heartbreaking moment. Honestly. Uh, like, let's see. After after I shot my buck, Spencer shot one. Gorgeous. What would that deer go? 130s? Uh, yeah, I think it think it was pushing 40 but not quite there i think yeah, but it was, it was a, in the 30s an eight pointer, right yeah, yeah. wasn't it was yeah i think so um nice i think then, he shot it from about two miles away with a bow yeah but like it spun around <laughs> and did its taxes and then he hit it and it's just like <laughs> but so after that there was a string of bad luck yeah which is what you were just talking about some of the like, heartbreaks just crazy well i mean yours is right there too like that's rough that you know your deer ran and we didn't find him and um you know you found him the way you did and then talk about grips buck um having having a whisker biscuit the freaking rest that everybody wants to jo and talk about oh it's simplistic and it doesn't fail and it failed and Mm -hmm. and he ends up hitting this deer forward and I think high. Um, and then, yeah. I mean, this is a, 
just a freaking brute. It was a dude. tank. And and He's... it's on trail cam. It's like right underneath him on trail camera, on his camera, and he shoots it. And he when he sent that video, I just felt terrible for him. Cause that kind of I mean, dude's a world champion. He's won multiple legs. Like, if there's anybody I know is set up and good to go, it's that guy. You know, he he's got his stuff dialed. And when you're talking about a chip shot, I mean, I think it was a, I think it was sub twenty for sure. Um, oh yeah, I think I it was like it was twelve like, yards or something. I I I thought it was like eight yards. Yeah, it was yeah, close. It was close. <laughs> and then, man, I still, I still think. Uh, it's just tough to put any of them above each other, but man, Pierce having that deer that close. Oh yeah. And just that was another heartbreak for the like season. literally battling that deer all early season and through October. And then finally that mother freaker screws up, you know, well, really, I mean, I don't even know if you could really say he screwed up. He was Pierce was just in a great spot. And comes right down. I mean, picture perfect footage coming through standing corn and just a giant deer. I think he said it went 188 or something. Just a a huge buck gets to 18 yards, can't get a shot. And then the deer just, you know, something's wrong. And the deer doesn't go back the way it came like every other buck would. He goes away directly away from Pierce like he knows well you you can't shoot me this way you know like how do they I don't understand so um, with all the encounters we've had this year and uh, I I never did encounter either of my true target bucks the one out in uh, hill country and then uh, the other one but I mean I'm pretty excited that I got a buck. Don't get me wrong, but it just, it blows my mind how many times a bunch of guys were so close and couldn't quite grasp the old cigar, as they say. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So grip lost his shot the buck, looked for three days, couldn't find it. And then Pierce had that encounter with the giant he had been after all season, 18 yards, couldn't get a shot. And then was it two days later that deer was killed? Yep. Two days later, the deer got killed. Two, yeah. On a neighbor. Um, he said the guy is very nice, but I remember the post and the guy was like, hadn't hunted in like two years or something. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, of the you know, we have what happened with your buck and then what a lot of people don't know, I don't think, is Grip had an encounter with another big deer um, ground yeah. hunting um, and just couldn't couldn't get it done. You know, the deer, I, I don't know if he I think he walked across where Grip had walked and caught his ground scent is what mm-hmm. happened. So, but just so many almosts and, um, but I will say we've had some good highlights too. Um, you finding your deer somehow was cool. 
Um, and then really probably I'd have to say one of the biggest highlights for me, hands down, maybe the biggest one probably is Asher's buck. Like oh yeah, filming that the way we did and having it somehow work out the way it did. Um, normally when you take a beginner, a kid out, you're just praying that they make a decent shot and for that deer to drop in its tracks the way it did, just, uh, the, all the stress just melts away immediately. So hearing him, like literally his emotions overcame. He's super internal. He's not, he, he doesn't broadcast a lot. Right. So he, he cracks me up. His, his giggle was uncontrollable when he was celebrating with dad. And I'm just like, Oh man, I'm a little jelly right now. I can't wait. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a highlight. I think one of the other highlights for, for me was seeing some of the other team members and their success, not, not just like, Aaron and his son, but um, I think one of the ones that sticks out is probably Cam. Cam had kind of went all went all out on the filming this year, right? He's yeah trying his darnest to get a deer on camera. He had that. That was another one of the heartbreaks was that mishap with the doe he had. Um, yeah. Just a farther shot, and the deer just freaking tucked and turned away, and ended up not hitting the deer where he aimed, and he couldn't find it. And then um, he eventually made it happen. Kept after it. Yep. Got a got a buck kill on on film, which you guys will be able to see later in the summer. And you could see like I don't know the joy in his face, like the accomplishment. Hell yeah! Of, of it all, which is Dude, people don't quite understand what you go through trying to film a hunt. It's not easy at all it's tough with two guys and when you're trying to do it yourself god it's freaking tough because they're you know for me when you hunt turkeys and you have decoys out and you have them come into the decoys like the the one we watched with stags the other day as soon Mm -hmm. as that turkey stuck his head up and they started to come his way he could have never called again. Those turkeys, as soon as they saw that decoy, it's over. They're coming in. You could put your camera on the decoys, draw your bow, pick up your gun, whatever you got, and you're going to have turkeys come in unless something crazy happens. Um, with deer, they move around so much and change direction. They leave and come back and you know, then they can catch your thermals and smell you and all this crap can happen all while most of the time you're trying to draw a freaking bow back and time it to where you get the camera on the deer, get a little bit of footage. All right, get the camera out ahead of the deer, but keep it in frame somehow. Stop the camera, draw the bow, stop the deer in frame. Oh, nope. It's not in frame. Oh, got to let the bow down or, you know, what it's there's so much to it that people don't understand and dude i went through a two-year freaking quest trying to kill a deer on film technically two and a half or what like i went two seasons 
without killing a buck. Mind you, I did pass some that I could have shot, but um, still, it's it's freaking tough. And then, you know, then start going on to public land and trying to literally change the way you hunt and still have encounters. And I mean, it's there's a lot to it that I think people don't understand. And that's why um, you'll probably see a fair amount of motion in a couple of the hunts this year that come out definitely mine and cam cam got emotional like a female and (laughs) i remember making fun of him for that but i i feel it man i i got all teary-eyed i called my wife which my gopro my action cam didn't catch any of that instead it just took my picture um (laughs) which pisses me off like doesn't do that all year kill a buck hit that hit that uh record button kill the buck and then I look and it's got like pictures of me in each moment. And I'm like, no, but yeah, I, I get it, man. It's, I, I can't wait for people to see your hunt and uh, <laughs> see all of your emotion, the trying to die. And <laughs> Oh dude. Yeah. I was, uh, it's funny. Um, I, I, we might've talked about this. I spoke about it with it with uh, somebody the other day, but uh, I didn't realize that I was even talking after that deer started a drop. I go back and watch the video and I'm like, would you shut the hell up? God, I'm trying to watch a deer. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah, it should be a pretty cool film. um, Pretty cool episode or whatever. Uh, It was, it was a really cool season. Learned a lot. Um, We've got, the season coming to a close Sunday, which by the time everybody listens, um, it'll be done. you know, if they listen, when this drops that night, it'll be the last day of the season, basically over. If you're anything like us, you love running trail cameras. Recently, we started using the new R4G and R4K by Blackgate Hunting Products, and I've got to tell you guys, they are sweet. The R4G is the new cellular camera loaded with features such as the ability to send pictures and videos straight to your mobile device, free HD downloads for both pics and videos, near real-time in-app setting updates, and no-glow IR technology. The R4K is a scouting camera that boasts side motion sensors that help you capture crystal clear 32 megapixel photos and 4K videos in center frame. With a maximum SD capacity of 512 gigabytes, that's right, 512 gigabytes, you'll have plenty of room to hold all those 4K videos and high resolution pictures. Blackgate supports this podcast, so we are asking you to support them. When you go to buy cameras, use the promo code FUELED to receive 10% off your order. That's FUELED, F-U-E-L-E-D, at blackgatehunting.com. Hey, the old team kind of produced a little bit, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, we still got guys. So after, you know all the rut and everything, all that took place. We had our ups and downs. We've still got guys that are out after it. Um, and this week we finally got some cold weather, you know, this ice ice storm hit and got all the snow and temps are dropping and the deer are dropping as well. 
um, Jeff Dennis, who just got into filming this year, really um, dropped a doe today, made a heck of a shot. Freaking One, smoked. Smoked her. I want to say it was like 45 yards. Like you 45. could. He, he sent us the clip of the shot and you just hear the bow off and then you hear, you know, bow off and then whack. <laughs> and it eventually hits the deer. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, how far is that? When you can count uh, in between shot and impact to like two and a half, you know, it's out there. Yeah, but he got a doe on the ground grip. Uh, you know, grip had some of his ups and downs all season, but he's still after it. And he put down another doe today. Um, he also got it on film. So the, the deer were hitting the ground today, man. Yeah. One thing, one thing that I feel like there was a very select few hunters that still keep at it for this long in the season coming down to the wire. And, and there's, there's a handful of our guys that are still just, yeah, just pounding it. And what's cooler than that? Like I can relate to this because I battled it, you know, two years and hunted the whole season, bust my butt. And, uh, you know, you feel like you're the only human being left in the world with a tag. I mean, you literally feel like that. Um, social media has that effect. Um, but one of the things that I was reflecting on today a little bit was kind of what you brought up with Cam and Jeff, like Cam didn't really film a whole lot. I mean, he filmed, but he didn't produce. He didn't have a whole lot. Right. And Jeff wasn't filming at all. I don't think. And, uh, or had like just started to towards the end of the season or something. Um, cause I feel like he got like a late season, um, really cool pick on his GoPro of him at full draw on a doe last yeah, year. Talking about last year. Yeah. Yeah. But it's neat to watch guys develop and then just slowly build and build and, and, uh, not that I'm any damn pro. I mean, I'm learning myself and, um, we're constantly learning stuff with shooting and editing and all that, but it's really neat to watch guys care a little more, develop a little more and just be more and more and more involved until all of a sudden you got this group of people who are just hard after it. And, uh, seeing guys get pretty jacked today over shooting does is, to me, you know, kind of what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, deer season will be over. I'm going to try to uh, put a doe down tomorrow. If I'm fortunate enough to do that, I'm going to, I'm going to risk the marbles here a little bit. Um, I was thinking a lot about it today. So my father-in-law, has only been out a handful of times and I think he's 64 now mm-hmm. and uh, he's been pretty diligent about asking me to take him out so I'm going to go out tomorrow and try to fill a tag if I'm lucky enough to fill that tag I'm going to get his ass out there and put him on a deer in the same spot and I told myself so I was like, oh, no, don't take him, because if that big three-year-old comes in, he'll shoot it. Uh, then, then I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, 
Does that kind of suck? Maybe. But how many times have I had a three-year-old that I've been super excited about? Literally just never. I never see it again. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, how many seasons does he really have left? I mean, does yeah. he have does he have two or five or even ten? Ten seasons is not a lot of seasons. So if he does shoot that deer, I'll just have to hug the shit out of him and we'll just have to drag it out. Yeah. So Greg shoots that deer, I will be ecstatic. <laughs> I'll I'll go nuts. I you know, I I got to thinking and that's that's it's so that's why I like public land more too because you can just don't get me wrong you can target deer and everything still but um when you have private land and you have deer that are pretty regular and you can say oh i'll probably you know i have hope that that deer is going to be around next year he's three now four he might be 150 160 inches um you kind of tend to get a little selfish or whatever and i get it to an extent but man my father-in-law's like, I think, yeah, he's my longest standing hunting buddy. And to see him kill another good deer would be pretty cool. Even though the first, the first big deer he killed, that's got some PTSD upstairs for me. <laughs> uh, I had watched this deer all season. I had him on camera. It was the first year I ever had a trail camera the big black one with like six or eight D cell batteries. Um, you know, no video at all, crappy pics, red eyed deer and all that. And, uh, I had this deer, like I would kill this deer. No problem knowing what I know now, but I couldn't buy an encounter. And of course, multiple times I would walk out and get in my truck and drive out. And he would be walking the same way that I walked out the bean field. Uh, yeah, it was a bean field at the time. So like basically mocking me, like <laughs> following me out, like, Hey, F you buddy. I got your number. So I take Greg out, get him his first deer. And then we go out for the weekend gun season. And I had had a little buck that passed by me underneath this tree. It would be point blank, you know, no problem. He'd get his first buck. So I told him because the weekend of gun season, which was actually the same day that UC beat Pittsburgh in that Mm -hmm. epic game. And we ended up going to get savaged by Tim Tebow in the playoffs. (laughs) Um, That's what we'll call it. But, uh, he texted me. I was pushing deer to him and he's like, I have two in front of me. And I'm like, what do you mean? You got two in front of you. Shoot them. Why are you texting me this? <laughs> Shoot the deer. <laughs> and so I hear boom, boom, boom. And I walk up and he said, she's down. And I look over and he's pointing and I'm walking. I'm, as I get close to this doe, man, I'm just not seeing a hole or blood or anything. And I'm like, I'm about to get mauled by a a stunned sleeping deer. It's going to wake up and wreck me. (laughs) He, his sight was way off, somehow managed to shoot the deer perfectly through the eye, never touched the eyelid, just put its eye out. 
and exited the back of the head about as clean as you could ever get. And the deer obviously dropped, you know, there's a 12 gauge smooth bore slug gun. And so I told him when we went to hunt a buck for him, I was there for moral support more than anything. Cause I was never going to see the big deer. Right. <laughs> I told him, I said, Hey, if you see a buck, don't tell me, just shoot it. You know, you don't need to text me or tell me or anything like that. And we're sitting right next to each other in climbers in a tree. Like literally our climbers are staggered to where I can grab him if I need to. So dude, we were there 30 minutes and I'm texting Erica on my phone. Boom. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> I never saw or heard anything. And he's like, Shh, he's getting up. And I look and I just see this rack and I'm like, Oh my God, he shot the deer I was after. What in the hell are the odds? Here I am not paying attention on my phone. And boy, did that teach me a lesson. And then of course, you know, he he was the master and all that. He killed my deer and gave me crap. And I'm like riding the struggle bus big time over it. So, but now... You know, I wouldn't be butthurt at all. Kill the deer. It's tough enough to kill the damn things as it is. So, mm-hmm. um, so with that said, we're closing out deer season. Um, favorite moment of yours personally, not for anybody else. Personally, um, I'll do something else besides my buck kill because I feel like that's a cop out and like an obvious one. Um, I will say my, just my time on public in Kentucky, um, you know, actually really hunting public land, like running gun style, you know, got my lone wolf assault on my back, go in, hang and hunt just about every time I go in there. Um, <laughs> I know thank why you for the disclaimer. Yeah. I, just I know bat. why you added the disclaimer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Just that experience was my highlight because I feel like I learned a lot. I definitely plan on changing some of my tactics for next year um, just to get on those deer I, I was on. Hopefully they're still there. Um, but just, just that learning experience, I think, was my highlight because I feel like it showed me a lot um, and helped me grow as like a deer hunter. All right. I'd have to say easily for me, Second day of Ohio season, favorite hunt oh, of my life. I've got that's a good one. wood ducks and bald eagles and all these different birds of prey going by me. Uh, I'm hunting over some water. So I look down and there's fish, you know, carp and bass and everything working the water and feeding. And um, I have coyotes howling super close communicating back and forth to each other. I watched this little, this is kind of stupid, but this Fox squirrel, red squirrel, whatever you call him, dude, he was going to town burying nuts. That's the hardest working son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. And to watch him and then have doe after doe, after doe, after doe come by and then have the really gorgeous buck, 
literally I could have spit on the deer. Um, perfect footage. Uh, could have shot him, let him walk. It was all public land. Um, it was just, just an amazing experience all around. Uh, kayaked in and kayaked out. Um, it was an adventure. And, and it was in my own state. I didn't have to do that in Nebraska or so, you know, it was right here. So mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, hands down my favorite haunt of my life. And I didn't even, I didn't even draw my bow, even though my mouth was watering with that dough drinking water quartered away at, I think it was like 13 yards, 12 yards. Um, but with that being said, deer season is now over guys. And it's time to talk mineral sites. It's time to, which really you should have talked about that a month or so ago, but um, you know, a lot of people should be getting their mineral out if they haven't already on their private land. Um, Those bucks need that. It helps them recoup from the rut and, you know, just keeps your deer healthy. You're not for anybody that thinks you're going to add 30 inches to your deer. Um, I have an Island I'd like to sell you. Um, <laughs> that's not a thing. Do Is that fantasy Island, fantasy Island, baby. Yeah. Are, are um, you, um, what's his name? <laughs> he goes, boss the plane. That's you, right? <laughs> it could be me. No, uh, honestly, it can add inches and weight to your deer, but it does that because they're more healthy and, um, you know, you're, you're giving them a head start and really it starts in the womb. Um, you're talking about giving a deer a better opportunity and, um, nutrition from the time before it's even born, you know, really you're starting mommy off healthy. And then you're talking about, you know, the fetus inside the womb and then, you know, when they're babies and everything. So, um, when they get that their whole life, that's how it helps. You're not, you're not taking a 135 inch eight pointer and making him a 160, you know, over summer. That's just not, that doesn't add up. It never will. Um, with that said, we also have what my biggest goal is of the year, which is shed season. Um, uh, yes. The elusive white gold. Oh, it eludes me. I, I find sheds when I turkey hunt, when I deer hunt, when I'm jacking around in the woods or whatever, but I've never went out shed hunting and found a shed, but this year that's going to change and I'm going to do it on public land. So, uh, you should, you should come with me during, um, my vacation week. Oh, for sure. And you should yes. come with me as well to the Hills. Um, yes, yes. I, I think that'd be, That'd be fun. And uh, an opportunity to maybe, you know, we find a deer antler. That's like killing a deer, basically. That's success. Mm-hmm. I want to find the sheds off those big deer I've been oh. after this year. <laughs> Dude. That'll just add to the story. Oh, that would be phenomenal. That's where I will say this. I don't care who judges me. Once in my life, I would love to watch a big deer shed his antlers or 
have a big deer shed his antlers on camera or something and know that's that buck shoot that shed buck and find his antlers and have him mounted like get a bonus buck basically that's your only chance at a bonus buck in ohio i think it'd be neat as hell it's perfectly legal that's there's nothing illegal about it um some might call it you know they uh towing the line or whatever but i think it'd be cool as hell um so we're going to get into some shed hunting Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all our other content. If you're on Facebook, head on over to the Fueled by the Outdoors Facebook page. We currently have over 18,000 members of people who love the outdoors, from the mobile hunter all the way to the hiking enthusiast. Come interact and talk all things outdoors with a robust community of people. Fan of product reviews, fishing, hunting videos? Go check out the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. If there's any topic or content you would like for us to cover, just send us a message. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then hit that join or subscribe button. We hope all our content fuels your passion for the outdoors. Probably our biggest thing to talk about, though, the expo. The Mobile Hunters Expo. That is nothing short of amazing right now. I'm flabbergasted and <laughs> humbled and like i really don't know what to say uh yes. la- last year oh sorry that caught me off guard i just got a message from a person that says hi what's your cell number that's weird <laughs> for anybody that's listening <laughs> maybe introduce yourself to somebody first um hey what's your cell um, I- i've I don't know. Mystery murderer. Literally. I had one dude message me that he's like, Hey, what's your phone number? And I'm like, um, can I help you? Like, do you want to buy a hat or do you need advice or what? He's like, Oh, I just thought we could get to know each other better. And I'm like, that's creepy as shit. I, I printed off a picture I found of you on the internet. Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Did you get my blood that I sent you? <laughs> so the expo is going to be pretty cool. Last year, I think we had like between uh, right around a dozen vendors. We'll say a couple hundred yeah. people. Um, we don't know how many people will come this year, but we're expecting a lot. But yes. we have more than tripled our vendors and going to be a lot of, lot of big names. Not going to. Not going to drop those names yet just Mm -hmm. because we're going to wait until everything is 100% final. But um, I have to say that I'd like Josh to say what he was going to (laughs) say. I was just saying, if you're, if you're following along on the mobile hunters uh, Facebook page or the mobile hunters expo Facebook page, um, we'll be dropping updates frequently. Um, we're already dropping updates on our guest speakers because um, those are lined up. Um, and then as soon as we're 100% sure on all vendors, um, we will start kind of gradually announcing some of the bigger ones. 
Um, so just, yeah, if, if you're not following the page, I, I would highly recommend that you, you follow that page for frequent updates. Yeah. Uh, also, the raffles last year, oh, the, raffles, yeah. the raffles were killer last year. Uh, I, I'll be honest, this isn't me being arrogant or anything. I just, we've been to a bunch of these shows and a lot of times they'll do a couple big raffles or whatever. And I will say, I think a lot of the banquet style things that people go to, they do pretty well with mm-hmm. raffles. They, they have some big things. Yeah. But I don't know of anything that's going, that would have touched last year, honestly. Um, this year it's ridiculous. There'll be between five and 10 saddles, uh, possibly some stands, possibility uh, of some guns and bows, and then sticks, platforms, uh, steps, rings of steps. You, I mean, just yeah, you, all, you name it, it'll be on there. All kinds of connecting methods. We'll probably have arrows and broadheads, and there will be no shortage of raffles. And yep. We've got some really cool people to come talk to everybody and, and demo some things. And it's just going to be a really cool thing. Yeah. It's our goal is to make it probably the go-to place for any mobile hunter, uh, which, which will happen. Um, we're, we're pretty confident we can make it that. Yep. I agree yeah. with I that. I mean, this is year two last year. Like you said, we had like a dozen vendors, this year we've nearly tripled that more um, than tripled oh no not more no than no tripled <laughs> it's like that math doesn't add up no, no we tripled the vendors um and then my kind of estimation probably are gonna increase the uh oh what's the word i'm looking for the attendance um tenfold probably nearly tenfold is kind of what I'm expecting. I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, we'll have a bunch of demo polls. You can demo all the new gear if you'd like. Um, we should have a whole kind of like an archery range. That way, if you want to try and shoot from a saddle, there you go. You'll have the opportunity to do so. Um, and like Chris said, we got some pretty cool speakers lined up. Um, who was it? Was it Paul Patera that was like, we need some blue collar guys? I yep. think he said that on one of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we got, you know, as blue collar as it gets. You're not getting any gets. more blue collar than this. This is, uh, yeah. and the funny thing is there, there's some damn good hunters and, mm-hmm. and literally, so you've got Jake Bush who hybrid hunts for those of you that don't know what that is. He uses a saddle with an extremely small tree stand. It's a lone wolf custom gear, 0.5. It's a, it's a tiny stand. Um, and he basically puts the pad that normally you'd sit on, on the seat. He puts it on the underside of the seat and then puts his knees up against it. And that way he's basically got a really nice platform. And for those that, understand saddle hunting he basically doesn't have a weak side shot 
he can turn. Um, when you're on a one stick platform or a tiny platform or something, or a ring of steps, you got a weak side shot and the footwork to make that happen or the flexibility, which I do not have. So I got to have footwork. Um, it's, it's some pretty crazy stuff. You, when yeah. you're, when you're leaning away from the tree, it's weird. Cause you trust all your gear, but when you're leaning away from the tree, you're pretty much giving yourself to the Lord, trusting that everything's going to hold you and all that. So um, he's got a really unique way that he hunts. And then you go on down the line, the other two guys, Greg Staggs and uh, Jacob Emery, they, um, they one stick a lot and saddle hunt. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have yet, we have one more guy that we've spoken with named Aaron Ritter. It's a really cool guy. Oh, he's, um, he's awesome dude to talk to. Yeah. Uh, he, I am unaware of his style yet of mobile hunting. I don't know if he's just multi-stick or if he one sticks or what. I think he multi-sticks, but I don't know. I know, I know he hunts from a saddle. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if he one sticks or multi-sticks. I'm not sure. Yeah. So. And I think so. I could be getting this wrong, but Jake Bush uses that's the cool part about this expo. It's like 100% unbiased. So, like, anybody can be involved. Anybody can come, you know, be a guest and shop and test gear out. You know, anybody can be a vendor, anything like that. As long as you're in the mobile hunting, like, we're not going to have like a cat salesman at yeah. the expo. And, and let's be clear, like mobile hunters can encompass guys that hunt private land too. It's just, just the style of hunting. Yep. I feel like, I feel like some guys like, ah, oh, I hunt privately and I don't, I don't really do that. I'm like, well, if you use a climber, a lot of guys use climber on their private yep. parcels. Like that's also mobile hunting, that's just mobile a different hunting. style. Yep. And it's, you know, I love my climber, but it's limited. And, and I was limited for years and years and years. Um, hunting a lot of fence rows god Mm -hmm. there's limbs everywhere and you you can't just shoot up a tree if you could ever get way up in a tree in a fence row man that would be amazing well now you can so uh but jake bush uses uh lone wolf custom gear and i want to say he's got a tethered saddle don't quote me on that though um and then greg staggs uses a tx5 saddle and EWO sticks. Jacob Emery uses trophy line sticks and saddle. So a lot of, lot of cool, uh, different mobile hunting companies represented there. And, and there will be at the expo, we've got stand companies and saddle companies and stick Mm -hmm. companies and guys that make platforms and just all kinds of cool stuff. Um, yeah, I won't. I won't say. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna drop the surprises yet, but it's gonna be cool. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff. No, it's everything's falling into place like we planned. We've been last year. Um, for those that came to the show, know that it happened. Things happened pretty quick. Um, literally, what four, three or four weeks? Three weeks. 
three weeks, things were planned, 10 days of advertising. And it was, I would say, a very good success for, for how much time we had to actually promote it. And this year we have like six or seven months we're going to be working on this. So, yep. Yep. It's going to be pretty cool. What else are we forgetting? Oh, um, we're dabbling with the idea of some, some split the pot, um, type contests. Yes. Uh, guess the score is one. We can talk about Mm -hmm. this stuff. Um, thinking about doing a guess the score split the pot and then also thinking about doing a long shot competition we'll stick one single target out at an unknown yardage and it's five you know whatever five dollars an arrow or something and probably limit people to x amount of arrows i'd say i don't know though probably stick it out far enough to where um you know, and, and I'll make it tough for you to judge as well. So really wouldn't have to worry about people coming too terribly close with a bunch of arrows. So if, if you want to come and spend a hundred dollars in arrows, you want to shoot 20 at it, <laughs> go, go nuts. Um, now thinking about some cool ways to, to make it fun and, um, be able to fund things like the building and, uh, taking care of our, our guest speakers and, all that so uh it's going to be a good time yeah it'll definitely be a go-to event and just based on the growth this year it's it'll be this year is going to be big next year it's going to be even bigger um yeah yeah, we've already we've already had to start thinking of ideas for 2023 show yes yeah it's it's moved and grown a lot faster than even myself would have thought of. And I, I thought it was a great idea, but normally you have to spend a lot more time building things and getting them out there for people to see and understand or whatever. And, um, you know, we're used to like Facebook and YouTube where you're like, please like our page, please join our page subscribe please god subscribe and now you're like oh this is uh oh god (laughs) we need more people we need more space we're going to need a bigger boat i was cracking up on that post a guy commented on (laughs) with your buck on the canoe (laughs) (laughs) we ought to call we ought to call the episode that we're going to need a bigger boat Rick, do you hear this? We're going to need a bigger boat. Pretty please, Rick. Since you <laughs> since you don't come on the podcast anymore, Rick. Yes. Ah, we love <laughs> you. We love you. Um. So, what else we got to talk about here? Uh, we talked about deer season. We talked about sheds and mineral, the expo. Ooh. Oh, oh, your favorite time of year is that what we're moving the on to? Greatest. <laughs> freaking time of year ever the sweet magical sound of spring Mm -hmm. turkey season you got morels popping up you can wear a long sleeve shirt or a short sleeve shirt and be fine you don't have to carry 
hardly anything, even though now after going to one sticking and all that might be carrying more turkey hunting now. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty crazy because before when I was lugging climbers and hang on stands with four sticks, I'm like, damn man, turkey season's pretty nice because you take a gun and maybe you carry a couple decoys or whatever, but normally on public, we don't even bother with that. So you just take a gun and your calls, you know, maybe some mm-hmm. water or something. And dude, going light has been amazing. But with that being said, uh, we've got turkey season coming. We've we've got a lot of plans this year that I'm hoping work out. Um, we're thinking about one or two of us going out to Nebraska to hunt with a team member, and um, either Nebraska or Missouri. But I think Nebraska is probably our best bet. And then, so I think, don't quote me, but I think you can buy their tags like a la carte or something like that. Like you don't have to buy a tag that comes with two or three. You buy one, buy another one, but I'm going to have to look into all that. Um, obviously, we're hunting Kentucky and Ohio. My goal yes. is to kill a turkey. This is a lofty goal. My goal is to kill a turkey in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and West Virginia. If I do that, it'll be an amazing season. If I make it out to Nebraska somehow, that'll be the whip. I'll be pumped. I'm I'm excited. I'm, for those that don't know, I have yet to kill a long beard. I've killed... A few jakes. I helped my father last year get his first long beard, but I have yet to kill a long beard. Um, so that is my goal. That'll happen this year. That'll happen. Oh, but one thing to keep in mind is, um, and for our listeners, Ohio and Kentucky changed the regs on turkeys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ohio is now a one one bird state. Yep. Uh, and then in Kentucky which what Rick was talking about this, you, it's still two birds, but only one can be on public. So it's like one public and one private, right? Yep. I think that's how it goes, which essentially makes it a one bird state for the majority of people. Yes. So especially if you're, if you're coming from like, if you're like us, well, I live here, I guess now, but like you, well, you bad examples. What do you mean? You what do you <laughs> someone mean? Someone coming, the people that come here out of state to just hunt public makes it a one bird state. I want to use myself as, as an example, and I keep forgetting I live in Kentucky now, but I'll only be hunting public. And then I want to use you as an example, but I forget you can get permission on private and public. So I was like, bad examples, Josh. <laughs> But anyway, oh. yeah, so I have a vacation during this turkey season, so I will try my darndest to get a long beard. You will kill a long beard. You'll probably kill a long beard, at least in Ohio and Kentucky, I would say. There's a pretty good chance. Um, That'll be my goal. If, if it happens early enough, I may try Indiana with you. Okay. 
try for the tri-state trifecta. But I mean, really, yeah. If I kill three birds, one in each state, I'll be pretty jacked up. That'll be really cool. Um, Because mm-hmm. that, I think a lot of people, like, there's something to be said for having the time to do that kind of stuff. And when you're limited to weekends only or, you know, evening hunting turkeys, which is terrible anyway, um, that makes it kind of difficult. So, like, I was talking to Jacob the other day, Jacob Emery. He's talking something like he gets like a crap load of days off straight in a row. Oh, yeah, he's I, swing shift, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so makes, he's like on so many days, off so many yeah. days. And- but I, I don't want to try to quote the number, but it was something crazy, like seven or so. I don't know, but might have been more than that. But, dude, seven days off in a row, you can, you can get after it. And so <laughs> you need something like that to really be able to travel and, and get on birds and, and stuff like that. So um, you still got to be able to make it happen. So that that's not like yeah. a gimme thing, but most people that love turkey hunting, whether they're a good caller or not, they make it happen because they live for turkeys and understand them very well. So, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we got a pretty good little spring set up for us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've, hopefully you're swimming in birds over there on your farm that way. You uh, and your dad. Place. Yeah. Yeah. I need to figure out what's going on with that piece of land that butts up to the north side of the prep, that big open field. Mm-hmm. I, I think the uh, landowner actually passed. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. If, I don't, I think he might've been a widower. I'm not sure. I don't think he was married. So I need to figure out what is going on with that piece of property. Um, to see if maybe someone's going to turkey hunt it this year. I don't know. Um, or if somehow a family member has it and then they don't do anything with it, maybe I can get permission. I'll have to to just keep an eye on it. That would be amazing because that's probably the easiest spot you're going to kill a turkey. Oh, and that feels definitely because other than that, I kind of have to hope that they're roosting somewhere close by my dad's and then happen to cut through my father's to get to that field Um, and then just try and cut them off that way. Oh, why are you smirking? Uh, because turkeys, <laughs> what do you see the video of me when Pierce drops back calling every time the turkey gobbles, you see a smile every, every gobble. I can't help myself. They're the coolest thing in the world to me. It's my favorite animal. I think the only thing that could compare to it would be, um, elk and, even then, man, like where you elk hunting, where you're getting on animals that often that respond and all that. So, mm-hmm. but we we should have um, at least a few turkey videos dropping in the next month or so. 
Yeah. We'll have we'll have not a crazy amount, at least three, right? Yeah, something like that. So we've got your dad's bird, Mm -hmm. couple couple from Pierce. Um I didn't get mine on film last year, which is depressing as hell. So we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll have some good stuff to release, but well, how about some final, final thoughts, concluders there, Yanni. Concluder. Um, my concluder is we got, well, just like you said, a bunch of, bunch of good stuff coming up this year. Um, not just including the, the turkey season. We, a lot of us have good, big plans for that, multiple states, but we got the expo coming up. Um, we plan on doing lots of things with that. So, you know, like I said earlier, go follow the Mobile Hunter Expo page for frequent updates. Um, but this, this upcoming deer season should be a big one for us too. And we, our goal is just to continue to keep growing. So like includers, stay tuned and be sure to follow. Yeah. If you listen to this and don't follow us on YouTube and stuff, please do so. Uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel and following the podcast and joining the page. Like those are free ways to support us without really having to do anything except click a little button. So yeah. It really, it really helps us out and allows us to do things like get recording equipment for the podcast and yep. just different things like us, like, like that, that allows us to do this. Yep. Which slightly small plug here, even though there'll be a commercial, um, if you haven't checked them out yet, check out the Blackgate R4K. It is a non-cell camera. And it is phenomenal, in my opinion. They mm. are so incredibly tunable to what you want to do, whether you're running it over a supplemental feeding station or bait pile, mineral site, or you want to stick it on a trail or scrape or a creek crossing or a pond or whatever. Um and it just takes phenomenal, phenomenal picks and videos. And you can stick a 512 gig card in there. So that way, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to go through that many videos. When you're running it in 4K, it ain't going to be that many videos. It's not like when you're running it in 720 or something or even lower. I don't know what Tasco runs, um, which Tasco is a good camera still. We'll still use them but the R4K is pretty slick. So check them out. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to you guys next week. Yep. All right. Well, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. I've been your host, Chris Leppert. And tonight I was joined by the wonderful Josh Luck. We'll see you guys later. See ya.